Hello, welcome to LLG's Random But Real Podcast, where you'll hear conversations about any and all things random with an entree, not a side dish, of mental health advocacy. I use my performance, communication, and literary art skills to bring awareness about mental health and other topics. Therefore, whether I'm singing, speaking, or writing, it is my desire that my words will be melodic, just like music to your ears. Welcome to LLG. That's me, Lisa L. Gilliam's Random But Real Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of LLG Random But Real Podcast. You know, I'm super excited to have my girls on here today. It's been a minute um, since we had an opportunity to talk, especially because we used to do YouTube Lives every month. And so, well, that's not true. We still talk all the time. We're just not speaking live in front of you all. But if you're... um, out there and you've been following the podcast and I hope that you are then you know um one of my guests Ashley Lockley is actually her podcast is out now it came out on Wednesday the, the third um of three <laughs> because her testimony is so awesome and she had so much to say well I wanted to know things too so you can check that out right now here on anchor.fm Ashley Sigillium um I actually just uh retweeted that one um Twitter or reshared it, I should say, on Twitter. Um, and then Ashley's been posting about it too. Say hello to the people, Ashley. Hi. Is that all you're gonna say for real? Oh, <laughs> you said you said say hello, everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then I have my other sis on here, both of my sisters. One is older. That's all we're gonna say. I tease people who are older than me because my brother, my biological brother, he calls me his way older sister. And so anytime I get to tease someone else that's older than me, I do it. But in love, say hello to the people, Donya Parker. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and that's all you're going to say, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just messing with you. I'll see they're good. They follow directions. That's how <laughs> That's how it should be. Um, so anyway, we are excited. One, because Wednesday, May 18th is my what, y'all? Birthday! birthday! I'm really excited to celebrate another birthday, especially because, you know, it has been a year or a few years because of the pandemic, but um, I'm excited. I have some great news that hopefully I'll be sharing with you all really soon. But today we are here because we are doing our annual mental health and ministry forum on Saturday, May 21st. At I should have the time in front of me. I believe it starts at one o'clock, right, y'all? One, one o'clock, one to three. <laughs> one to three. It's virtual, um, and hopefully we'll be able to continue this. Um, we do it in conjunction with Peace Lutheran Church. So shout out to Pastor Gaines and Mrs. Gaines um, for uh, joining us or joining with us to co-host this event. Um, we have not. Well, we haven't had in a person what maybe three years. I think the last yeah, because the last three years have been. Um, virtually, and it's still been successful. Last year, we actually had a senator get on the call, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's uh, it's it, we've had a lot of pastors and preachers and ministers and community leaders, and that's what we want. 
Um, one of the things that we've learned is that a lot of people don't know exactly what to say to someone mm -hmm. who has a mental um, health diagnosis or maybe unknown diagnosis um, or someone who's having mental health challenges or, you know, we want our conversations to be restorative. I'm also a restorative practitioner. Um, and we want people to be uplifted and encouraged and not, you know, let me just use as an example. If somebody said, hey, I have diabetes, most of the time people aren't going to say or automatically think the negative, you know? Um, but then there are times where people have said, and I've heard it, <clears throat> you know, you change your diet, you could just change it. Well, what if the person is type one diabetes? Changing the diet does not necessarily mean that you're going to remove them or they'll no longer have diabetes. Now, I got to give a caveat. My dad had it before he died and God completely healed him. I know this for a fact. And he no longer had diabetes. He actually was overweight and had type two though and was able to lose the weight and also no longer have to be on medication. It was no... Um, no record of diabetes in his body at least you know he's not here to confirm that but that's what I was told my dad died in 1990 so <clears throat> yeah. I do believe that, I still believe that God can heal um you know but I do understand that there's some situations you know even Paul talked about it that you you actually do not heal from and I believe that emotional scars sometimes are that physical illness mm -hmm. and sometimes mental health what do you all thought on that first I feel the same way because I think sometimes there can be something that can trigger your mental and it can take you back to a place that you've been trying to heal from. So um, it's still a process, a learning process, but I really do think sometimes, I don't think sometimes the mental part is kind of hard to escape from. Okay. And then if you all could say your name, if I don't say your name so that people know who's actually talking, mm -hmm. like this is who's speaking, y'all. So that was just Donya. Okay, <laughs> Ashley? Um, I would definitely agree. I think that um, that healing is something that a lot of us want to conceptualize as something simultaneous, um, mm -hmm. though it can happen that way. Um, but most times the healing that we are able to attain in this life is a process um there is um a whole you know um there's a whole kind of understanding and um journey that we have to be on in order to get to whatever destiny that is and a lot of times it doesn't look the way that we we want it to look um our understanding of healing can be very um small um, and so one of the things that I'm learning is that maybe I'm putting God and myself in a box when I think about all the ways that healing can come um, in my life. And so, um, yeah, so those are the first thoughts that kind of came to my mind. That's awesome. A good perspective for both of you. So that just made me look up the definition of healing. Like sometimes, you know how we hear words and we're so used to hearing them that we just automatically believe that this is what it is. And then you'll, you'll read the definition. And you're just like, well, that's not really what it says. It says um, the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again. Mm. And so, you know, thinking of sound, that could be sound mind, right? Mm -hmm. um, that could be sound uh, just in our thought process, which I think in a sense is what you were alluding to, Ashley, if you think about it. 
Um, and then, you know, healthy again, which means that we had a start at some point, you know, a lot of people, yes, are born into the world with some type of illness or disease, but a lot of people aren't, you know, um, I didn't, I was not born fat, you know, and some people may not think I am now, but I do. And I know I am, I know what my scale says. So, you know what I mean? That Then that's just me. That's my own image, my own thing. But I also don't need you to tell me that I'm fat. That's when we have a problem. I'm, right. I'm good at owning my own stuff. <laughs> I don't need you to tell me, you know, what it is that that is actually going on with me. But I do need you to check you when you do something that doesn't agree with me. And I've mentioned that too. Any thoughts on that, Ashley? No, I think that that's fair. Um, I do think that it is important for us to be honest with ourselves. About where we are, um, and when we're honest with ourselves, um, it can be it can be easier for us to handle the situations where people feel like they need to be honest for us. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. that's part of setting boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has different boundaries. Um, I, I too, in fact. And I don't, I don't see it as a derogatory term when I use it for me mm-hmm. or toward myself. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a fact. I'm obese, right? But um, no, I don't like to hear it from other people and don't like to be reminded of it. Um, but one of the things that, um, and this is just an example because for everyone's going to be in different places. Right. But sometimes when I hear people refer to me as such it reveals parts of myself that maybe aren't as healed as I thought right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. around self-image around like what does it mean like what 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 does it say to me what do I tell myself when I hear someone refer to me as being fat or you know having dealt with depression or you know whatever you want to put there right what does it say what does it make me believe about myself because that's really honestly where the hurt comes in it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily what's said but it's what we believe about what's said and the and the messages that we receive from or the messages that we 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 kind of create to ourselves about what people have said about us and so um Will I ever get to a point where, like, you know, hearing someone else acknowledge, like, my biggest pet peeve is going to the doctor, and the doctor is obese with me. Like, <laughs> since we're in the same category, you're talking to me about losing weight. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Sweep around their own front door. You know what I mean? I get real defensive. <laughs> Right. I know that, right? Um, right. Would, I, would I ever get to a point where I don't get as defensive? Possibly. Um, I think, you know, even with me working on myself now, and, you know, actually having an established routine of like exercise and moving my body more more days than not like I may never never be skinny and I don't want to be skinny right I'm okay with where my body is but I know for my health in particular like I have to do better right so there's you know a lot of times when we think about um the balance between knowing where one is and, and being okay with where one is and being confident, right, with where one is, whatever that may look like, but then also acknowledging that there could be other things that you're doing that you could be doing that could 
um, help you to facilitate further healing, right? Um, right. So would it be helpful for me to get a few pounds up off my knees? Sure. I think my knees are going to thank me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's that, there's always going to be kind of that, um, that tension, right, of those two things. And it's hard, right? It's hard. Um, a lot of the, the messaging that we receive from society says this is what things should look like. This is what mm-hmm. you should look like. This is what, how you should operate. You still shouldn't be, you know, crying about your mom passing. You shouldn't still be, you know, feeling, you know, things about your brother's passing. You know, for me, you shouldn't still be feeling crazy about, you know, things that happened 10, 15, 20 years ago. We are always trying to put, you know, these constraints on people, their processes and who they are. And so ultimately, you know, the things that we tell ourselves about what other people are saying to us that's really where the power of things to make or break us comes in. Absolutely. Uh, Danya, did you want to comment on it? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think um, Ashley hit the nail on the head. Um, and it goes back to that trigger portion. People don't realize what they're saying and how it can trigger somebody or how it affects anybody. So, um, we, we need to be mindful of what we say and what we do. And mm-hmm. I truly believe that we need to start meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that that's why this, you know, for me, one, this podcast is so for, super important. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I really want to, like, I, if you listen to the trailer, it's like conversations about any and all things random with the entree, not a side dish of mental health advocacy, because I was having a conversation, <laughs> I don't know if my friend's going to listen to this, I've known this person since junior high school, and you know, I'm, I just told y'all 49, so I can't even say that was like around the corner, however, um, I, we were talking about um, equity and inclusion and actually gender, um, sexual preference, those type of things. And so since I've been doing more restorative work, I have been more open um, and honest and aware of my language. Do I always get it right? Nope, but I'm trying. And a lot of people don't think the two tie into one another. It's really interesting to me that, you know, I, I was saying that to me, a definition, I can't tell you what you are, right? I can't tell you, um, like, I can't stand with somebody that's just like, you're not depressed, or you, if I was depressed, or you, you don't be, you know, you, you're not anxious, like, ain't nothing wrong with you, you know, that type of thing or whatever, just get over it, those type of comments, right, when I'm trying to live the best way that I can, so that I can get out of my own way, or get out of whatever it is that I might be, you know, feeling or experiencing, um, et cetera. And so this year at the Mental Health and Ministry Forum, um, and Ashley always puts it in such eloquent ways, a discussion <laughs> um, about intentional and responsible language around mental health, um, which is super, super, super important. And then the implementation or implementing restorative practices into faith-based spaces. Uh, it the way of being, the framework of restorative practice, restorative justice, restorative approaches, whichever word you use, really can help you have more restorative language so that when 
we say things to people um, that goes against whatever it is we believe. Now, I can still believe what the Bible says. And if it says X, Y, and Z is a sin, then I personally can believe that. But I'm not going to treat a person differently because my belief is different from theirs. Um, I'm still going to try to uplift. I'm still going to try to encourage. I'm still going to try to pe- treat a person like a person. Even if my own personal beliefs may not line up with theirs. Because first of all, I'm, I can't judge nobody. Because if you knew all the skeletons in my closet and all the times that God healed me or all the times that God gave me grace and mercy, even though I didn't deserve it, I can't, you know, come at you for your stuff. But we often say things and aren't aware of what it is that we say. And so I think that this was a great topic to come up with, Ashley. Um, why was it important to you? Ashley? Are you still there, Ashley? <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to her. Danya, what, what do you think about this year's topic? I think it's one of our best ones because it's it goes back to what I was just saying. People need to meet people where they are. So there's a lot of people, and I say this a lot. The per- excuse me, the person that smiles the most is hiding the most hurt. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I'm one of those people because, just like you said, I have a lot of skeletons in my closet. I've done certain things, but you wouldn't know it by by the way I act or anything like that. So we need to stop judging people and actually look at that person in the mirror. Okay. Because you need to pay attention to what you're doing versus always putting someone else down. And I truly believe that hurt people hurt people, whether they realize it or not. Right, right. And yeah, I understand. I think it was funny because my friend was saying, he's like, I'm not judging. And I'm just like, well, if you're telling somebody what they are, and they're telling you that that's not what they are. Um, we were just like I said, specifically, we were talking about gender and sexual preference. I was like, it's not for me to tell you. I'm not inside your body. I don't right. know. But, um, you know, I can still talk about what my beliefs are with that. But it's not for me to say. So there, we were using examples of like, if you, I don't even know if I want to get into it. It was very interesting. It was a very right. interesting conversation. So you all, Ashley's back, her, uh, the call dropped. And so Ashley, before you uh, uh, fell off, um, I was asking, why did you decide like to pick this topic this year? Okay, can you hear me? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Woo, I like, okay, all right. Technology. Um, so I, I have always been one who, I, okay, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be completely honest. So, I am very big on um, messaging, both how I um, express and how I receive, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the things that I'm always mindful of is being responsible with my, my, my language, my word choice, my word usage, and also being a, a, a daughter of the Black Baptist Church, I know all too well that the church generally can be very flippant when it comes to language usage Mm -hmm. especially under the guise of well god told me to say this or 
you know, well, the Bible says blah, blah, blah. Um, and now the Bible doesn't say blah, blah, blah. Um, and so we will, we will um, use God, the Bible, you know, prophecy, word of knowledge, whatever the case may be, whatever spiritual gifting, whatever, um, to cover up our responsibility to still um, be mindful of where people are. <laughs> there is a way of challenging people to move forward without completely dismissing or minimizing where they are. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why God created us with the ability, the capability to be able to do things like feel emotions, positive mm-hmm. or negative, right? There is a place for them. If we're busy just trying to broad stroke everything as something that it should in, invoke a positive emotion or can be turned into positive emotion, then we are being dishonest. Um and we are not it's another way of us kind of boxing god in god shows us throughout the whole bible that god has a whole range of emotions so if god has a range of emotions why can't we and so we have a bunch of people walking around even in our churches where Mm. this is a place where people are supposed to be able to be free Mm-hmm. supposed to be able to live right supposed to be able to have the abundant life we'll go we'll sing we'll shout i mean we'll buck for a good 30 minutes get you a nice little cardio workout in and <laughs> still not be happy whole or healing mm-hmm. because i'm busy trying to convince myself that I shouldn't have emotions because someone told me this, right? Someone told me, oh, you just need to pray about it. Someone told <laughs> me in the middle of my grieving process that I was being emotionally immature, right? Spiritually yeah. immature, right? These are the things that we say to people. Right. That's wow. <laughs> and it's dishonest and it's damaging. And Absolutely. so as someone who has been on the receiving end of it and has also seen it way too much, and I'm going to be honest, in the past, I've, I'm sure I have engaged in um, some kind of irresponsible language w- regarding mental health broadly or, you know, how people are, you know, um, experiencing grief and loss, how they're dealing with life circumstances, right? And a lot of that happens because we are, we are uncomfortable, right? People telling us about their stuff especially when it's heavy and a lot of people's stuff is heavy, it makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments, we maximize our comfort or we prioritize our comfort over that person, what that person needs in that moment. And so then it creates hurt. It creates hurt that that continues on, right? It's a process, mm-hmm. it's, you know, kind of becomes cyclical in nature. And so that's why I really wanted us to, to um, go a little bit more in depth with that this year um and it's not to tell people exactly what to say but it's to get them to stop and think before i say this to a person who's bringing me my stuff their stuff before i get up in a pulpit and make you know a reference to some type of mental health condition and i don't really know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. but you know i'm trying to explain it you know oh the and the weather was just so bipolar you know or something like that, right? 
before I tell people that they're not being faithful in their walk with God because they're still struggling with grief and loss. Before I do those things, I want to stop and think. Yeah, absolutely. And understand that I have better options in that moment. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Great. And sometimes it's it's difficult. I know I have definitely said things plenty of times. I also wanted to say when you were speaking, it reminded me of the fact that grief and loss, especially when it comes to that around mental health, is um, if you've never experienced it or it's maybe your first time experiencing something or it's it, it's a you come from a different perspective. Um, I remember people telling me how their mom died and and because my dad died first and I was close with him too. I thought it was going to be the same. A lot of people think I reacted the way I did because it was my mom. For me, it wasn't that. It was the fact that my mom was a nurse who took care of everybody her whole life and her last two weeks of life, she was not able to even speak or say hello or squeeze my hand or any of the things. Y'all remember everything you all do in the background we can hear. So sorry, <laughs> that's all right. Um, and so I just want to make sure the listeners hear everything that we're talking about. But, um, you know, it, it, when it happened, I remember calling a friend of mine um, who's actually now deceased and saying, you know what, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand. And I did. Um, I think a lot of people live in the place we make the mistakes, we say whatever. Some people feel that, you know, apologies won't ever help them. I don't agree with that because, you know, God even tells us in the Bible, so if we have all with the person to go to the person. Um, and usually the art is done by something that someone said or did, right? And so, um, you know, he's a big proponent of forgiveness, you know what I'm saying? 70 times seven, and he's not talking about like literally 490 times. He's saying, keep on, you know, going back, he talks about turning the other cheek. Yes, I think there's um, time and place for everything that we do. Um, and I think we have to be honest about the process, but I know that holding on to grudges and unforgiveness just creates more and more bitterness, which makes it worse for us. And then the person that we're holding that on to, they go on about their life doing whatever. And we're in a place where we're just like stuck. And I, I don't believe that that's living, that's not celebrating life, that's just existing. And sometimes we're not even existing. And so I think that the more we're able to talk about um, freely what is going on with us and how our feelings are, um, how they matter, or just the words, like even even being able to say, you know what, Donya, you hurt my feelings when, or actually you don't even say that. Restorative would say, I felt hurt when you said da, da, da. So just making that one change, the two different things that I said, the first one was blaming Donya. The second one was saying my feelings about what it was. And so um, things like that might be an exercise. And just that one change can change the rest of the conversation. But mm-hmm. I have to be willing to say, Donya didn't hurt my feelings, y'all. That was an example. But <laughs> I have to be willing to say it so that even she can be cognizant of what it is that she might have done or might not have done. Or so that she can be aware that my feelings are hurt so our relationship doesn't end because she said something that she didn't even know she said that offended me. Right. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes this, it's, it's so easy for people to cut people off and be done. But if you have relationship, which again, is also part of restorative um, practices, if you built on those relationships, then having disagreements is not going to end the relationship. Um, 
even sometimes when the things are really, really difficult, like restorative justice and restorative practices is even used in places where someone has killed somebody and they're there with the person that has killed them, their loved one, or, you know, has hurt or harm, real severe harm. And they're able to come to an understanding. You know what I mean? It can be that powerful. That's why I was like, I love this work. And I thought that it would be a good addition to what it is we're talking about when it comes to, um, you know, just having more positive language regarding or around or surrounding the topic of mental health. Um, so why do you all think that the people, we're, you know, we're trying to get community leaders, we're trying to get, um, I guess, uh, you know, all type of ministry leaders, so pastors, bishops, apostles, whatever, Sunday school teachers, but also counselors, psychologists, therapists. I'm not mentioning everybody, but they are mentioned um, on the flyer, which you can see, um, you know, uh, for the podcast. What, what do you think or why do you think it's important that we talk to these individuals about this topic? And anybody actually can come. I mean, let me just put that out there. Just because we are trying to target them and we have a reason for that, if you were just interested in this or you've experienced some type of um, even trauma because someone said something to you regarding um, your own personal mental health journey and you're just like, I just want to know how to be able to speak, you know, speak up for myself and um, share how I'm feeling so that this doesn't happen again. You're welcome to come too. But why do you all think whoever just wants to go first and just say your name so that the listeners know who is speaking, that we should, you know, that we're targeting these people specifically um, to come to this type of form? Um, this is Danya. Um, I hear echo. <laughs> You're fine. I don't hear it on this end. Danya. Can you hear me? I can hear yes. you. You're fine. Just keep oh, on going. Okay. We're live. <laughs> Don't <laughs> no, worry no, about no. that. I couldn't hear it. So I think we're reaching out to these people more because we usually hold them at a higher level. And more mm -hmm. people, especially in the church, go to the church for for basically anything that they're dealing with. So when it comes to a person's mental aspect, they should understand and educate themselves because people are coming to you. That's just my take. So let me, before you go, Ashley, so let me say, do, do you feel, because I, I don't hold them to a higher standard. That's not my personal, I have my own reasons and I'll share that. So are you saying that you hold and you're saying these people, are you talking about the church, the community, or the the mental health. This um, is Zanya. Um, I was really referring to the people in the congregation. They truly believe in everything that pastors are saying, but if they're not understanding it themselves, you're not given the correct information. So studies like this, they really need to attend mm -hmm. and also find other education and educate themselves on the mental aspect because a lot of them don't know. Okay. All right. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, Ashley? Um, I agree with Danya. I, um, being 
being someone who is in leadership in a church right now, um, coming from a pastoral family, it very is, there is a double standard, um, or at least a higher standard for leaders. Um, I don't think that, I, I can't say that I don't hold leaders to um, a slightly different standard. Um, I think that that's what comes with leadership, but my, my expectations are tempered, right, with the fact that they're human, so I don't have these kind of, you know, extra human expectations of them or of perfection or anything like that, where my standards come in with leaders is, um, you know, just continually doing, um, that the work to be able to to be the best you possible, right? So that you're able to serve from a place where you're um, from a from a healed and whole place. So when you're healed and whole, or at least on that journey to healed and whole, you are less likely to um, kind of bleed all over people. Meaning that it's less likely that the things that you're dealing with are going to have an impact on those you're trying to serve in a negative way. Um, and so, um, you know, one of the things that my father, who's a pastor, has credited me on is consistently keeping in front of him um, things that he should be considering as a pastor, that there are people who are depending on you to um whether whether you have the expertise or not right they're coming to you for certain things right and so you it's it's incumbent upon you to one have a good idea of what's within your your wheelhouse and what you need to kind of refer out right but at the very basic of that just understanding you know, things like your language usage, right? And those kinds of things, people are not only holding you to a higher standard, people are going to model what they see you do. Right. Because you're a leader. It's like a teacher, right? If I, um, one of the, when I was a teacher in the classroom, one of the biggest ways I was able to get students to, to do what it is that I, the objective, whatever the objective was, especially around their behaviors, is that I modeled in front of them what I wanted them wanted to see from them. Right. And so I think that that is, you know, I I know that people's expectations can be unrealistic. Like I said, I'm a PK, so we know about unrealistic expectations around these parts. <laughs> um, but I, I can't, I cannot sit and say that I don't have a little bit higher expectations for those in leadership um but i just think that because you're because you are you are a leader people are looking to you for clues about any number of things and so if they're not seeing it with you chances are i'm not saying people don't have their own minds or whatever but they're taking their cues from you um and so you want to you want to be the change that you know you want to see first okay I, um, so the reason why I selected these groups, well, one, I was, I became licensed ordained minister 99, the same year I graduated from grad school. And so being in ministry for such a long time, 
and then going through what I've gone through the last few years. I'm not preaching and teaching now, like you all know. Um, and part of that is because of the hurt I've experienced. And some of that was because of the sin, <laughs> just being honest, um, because that's, I wasn't, I wasn't healed. And I do believe that you should not, like you said, be bleeding on people when you're in the process, but it doesn't mean that you're not, I'm still called to do this work. And even though I'm Absolutely. doing it maybe through a podcast or through speaking and sharing in, in my book, that'll be out soon. You know, I'm still sharing my experiences, which ultimately I believe, you know, I'm supposed to do that. Uh, I always said that, you know, I try to basically, you know, be an example to people or share what I know so that they don't have to go through the same hurt. Um, it's not always fun to be in that situation, but I was also a counselor for 20 years. And <clears throat> I I know that people would come to me or they would say things to me. So being a minister, being a leader and a, a counselor, and then someone who had a mental health diagnosis, um, I had three different viewpoints. And sometimes it was it was the people in church who said the most hurtful things to me and I mm -hmm. I knew it was out of ignorance it wasn't that they were trying to hurt me um and my pastor um you know shout out to Pastor Isaiah Long phenomenal person he was like you know you've opened my eyes to some things you know um he allowed me to do celebrate life at the church for years um and it that was basically um an event that we did annually to teach people about um, different types of, of mental health diagnosis, especially depression, anxiety, PTSD, things that I had dealt with, um, how stress affects you, uh, you know, in order to uh, prevent, you know, suicide. And it wasn't until I started doing that type of work, even after being a counselor for such a long time, that I realized, like, I never really thought about the people who had anxiety, who tried to commit suicide. I had only really heard about those people who had depression that mm -hmm. tried to. I never thought somebody could be that anxious. This is my old thought that they would want to, you know, die by suicide. And yet I'd seen this video. I wish I could think about it. It was on PBI, PBS. And it was only people in the documentary that had a diagnosis of anxiety that, mm -hmm. and they talked about how they, you know, thought about death and, and wanted to, you know, end their lives. And it, it was eye-opening. I think both of you all mentioned, you know, education and educating yourself. I think that that, the reason I guess also why I don't hold to a higher standard is I think that's all of our responsibilities. I don't think yeah. that just because you're a leader that that makes you more responsible. Yes, it does mean that people may come to you, but as a leader, you should also know that you, you are not equipped to, to talk about certain things and then you should send them to someone who actually has the degrees and the licenses etc um pastors most of them are not called to be counselors mm -hmm. spiritual counselors yes but not of your emotional and your mental health and most of them that i've met don't know what they're talking about um and they further damage instead of help when they say oh just pray about it what about go to a counselor and, or therapist and let's pray about it you know what about um the community leader you know or the activist um because restorative justice and equity and inclusion a lot of times also deals with that aspect of things too what about um yes let's fight you know for for what's happening you know to um people in america especially like the black lives matter movements and things like that but also let's get some therapy because you know um we have a history of slavery and um not just physical 
but our mental, our mindset, you know, Mm -hmm. have been in prison sometimes too. And Mm -hmm. because we're indoctrinated with so much mess, it makes it, and I'm just saying a a worldly, you know, sense, it makes it sometimes hard to be healed from the other stuff. And we stay stuck in some of those places. So many people Mm -hmm. are so angry and so mad and so mean to others because of what happened to them instead of really allowing God to heal them from whatever it is that happened and know that, you know, I was saying, you know, to my friend yesterday too, I was like, we're not one dimensional beings. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I might've done X, Y, and Z, but the reason why I did X, Y, and Z is not just because I am now X, Y, and Z. Does that make sense? Without going into the topics that we were talking about. So I'm not my mistake. I'm not mm-hmm. my sin. If I committed the mistake or I committed the sin, yep, I did. And I own up to that. But that does not define who I am in my core. It means it's mm-hmm. something that I did. And thank God for God and him sending Jesus, you know what I'm saying, to save me because I have a long way to go. And it took, honestly, my mom's death to see the mirror of how broken I really was. And sometimes I think when it comes to grief and loss, it shows us really where we are, mm-hmm. how we really feel. And then how we really feel is going to come out in our thoughts, our actions, and, and, and our words. Any comments? No, I mean, I, I definitely agree. Um, I, I, and I do want to say that I do believe we all have a responsibility for sure. Um, I think it's just <clears throat> a lot of times people just take their clues, cues, that's the word, cues, um, mm-hmm. from those who are in front of them. Um, right. and some of that is just human nature, right? Um, mm-hmm. but, but even in thinking about that, as a leader, if you can say, look, or if you can normalize the fact that you don't know everything, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people in leadership are way too comfortable with people believing that they are like kind of a one-stop shop for all things instead of saying hey this is not my area of expertise or this is not the area that I have the appropriate knowledge skill set etc but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna help you find someone who can help you with this um so even even that right that that does for for me in my in my mind that does include a bit a bit more responsibility but yes every person should these are things that all of us should be prioritizing um as just general practice understood understood so ladies um well let's just now it's done yes then then dropped off I don't know what's going on. Usually it's my Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, thank goodness, you know, today it's it's working out. Um it's because so it's your birthday, Lisa. Is, is that what it is? I'm glad yes. you were able to come back, Donya. I was like, usually it's my Wi-Fi that's acting up. So we just want to give this out. Um mental health and ministry 2022.eventbrite.com. That's the link yes. where you can register. Again, mental health and ministry 2022 dot eventbrite.com um it is saturday may 21st 2022 at 1 p.m from 1 to 3 
Um, it is virtual. So, you know, for those people who are still concerned and don't want to be around crowds, you can be um, in your own home and watch it online. Um, we do hope that you will um, want to join the conversation and mm -hmm. um, we promise you that it's always enlightening. That's for sure. Um, so we hope that you'll come to that. Uh, Ashley, did you want to say anything about um, this or also what you're doing and, and make sure you allow people to know um, where they can find you or contact you? No, just wanted to say, come hang with us virtually. Um, I think that the what, how we are addressing these topics this year is different and it'll be fresh um, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited. You can find me on social media. My name is Ashley Lockley. If you want to, uh, I guess, befriend me on Facebook. But Mastering Mind Matters is my mental health brand. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can visit our website at masteringmindmattersnow.org. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks, Ashley. Naya, <laughs> would you like to say anything about this and also give your um, information, please? Yes, I do want to go back to the part that we were just talking about, about the ministers. I truly agree that everyone is responsible mm -hmm. for learning about mental health, especially since everything that we go through affects us mentally, whether people realize it or not. I focus more on the ministers because it, it, that was the topic in so many words. But mm -hmm. that's my aspect. But I really we're in the age of technology there's no excuse none whatsoever you can google and find anything so it's no excuse at all um that's my take on that my foundation is called the rock for life foundation you can find us on instagram and on facebook Thank and that's you. it Thanks, Tanya. And uh, you all, I'm Lisa Gilliam, other known, otherwise known as One Singing Lady. You can find on my website, www.lisalgilliam.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, um, what's that, TikTok, and Instagram at One Singing Lady, the um, number or numeral one, Singing Lady. And YouTube, spelled out, O-N-E-S-I-N-G-I-N-G-L-A-D-Y. So it's spelled out, One Singing Lady. Um, but we're all on social media. And um, again, if you would like to register, and we hope that you will, mental health and ministry2022.eventbrite.com. We hope to see you at this year's mental health and ministry forum. And again, thanks to Pastor Games and uh, Mrs. Games for doing this event with us. Um, we're excited to see what happens and what takes place as we integrate restorative practice in this this type of work and you know we're all going to be enlightened and learn together all right ladies Amen. thank you so much for joining me today i will um, definitely you. see you virtually saturday you gotta give us a birthday tiktok don't yeah. Uh, okay. We'll, 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 you know, what I'm saying that's technically uh, that's your job, Ashley. So you know, if if we are, you know, doing something, because I haven't figured out what I'm doing yet tonight, and you know, I have figured that out. But I, I, I do have an appointment um, the next day, so I'm off the next day, so I can actually hang out on my hang birthday. Out. Yeah. Okay. So then right. I'll let y'all if y'all want to do that then you can, you know, you can even do one online. You don't even have to be there with me. <laughs> you do, because last year's was hilarious. Y'all, I just got to share that real quick. They got me, and uh, I, 
my friend, um, shout out to Shawan, gave me this card where I had to sing Happy Birthday. You have to sing it while you're licking, like while your tongue is out. And it's that really hard trying to sing Happy Birthday with, with your tongue out. And you had to lick the card. Like it was, I didn't completely lick the card because, you know, I'm not touching paper. But if you could have seen it, they were laughing at me. It, and was, it was hilarious. It was, it was I think funny. I still have video. Oh, yeah. Uh, it I'm was sure. hilarious. It, it was funny. <laughs> I, we all laughed. And that's what that's what celebrating another year of life is really about. So I am I am very grateful to my friends and my sisters. And uh, that was that was funny. So, you know, hopefully it's not going to be nothing where I look um, so foolish because it was <laughs> I did not look <laughs> like I had any sense uh, doing that. But yes. I welcome all videos because it was hilarious. So <laughs> y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, listeners. Um, and uh, yeah, we love you. And we will talk to you soon. All yes. right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs> Please note, any comments made on this LLG Random But Real podcast by myself, Lisa One Singing Lady Gilliam, or my guest, are our own views. They are not to be made or determine an actual professional or in lieu of an actual professional. If you relate to any of the topics, please seek professional help, contact a therapist, a psychologist, any other mental health professional, or if it's an emergency, please call 911. Thank you so much for tuning in.